Hey guys, I'm Tash. And I'm Andy. And you're listening to Bewildered. The podcast where we share stories about the weird, wonderful, and often downright perplexing of the animal kingdom. This is a project that was born out of some of the weird encounters Andy and I have had with animals as ecologists. You're listening to our third episode, part three of a seven-part series. So welcome, and let's get started, shall we? The title of this episode is Of All the Options. To kick this episode off, I have a story about one of my father's proudest parenting moments. So when I was about 10, I was fishing on a river with my dad and my older brother, and we weren't having much luck. We were fishing the shallows for flathead, which are delicious, by the way. But all we kept catching, cast after cast, was blowfish or blowies. Wait, 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 wait. Blowies? Yeah, what? It's a fish. You actually call them blowies. Do you guys not call them blowies? No, not at all. Oh. I, like, I call them a toady or a blowy. West Australians are so weird. Okay. Blowfish, blowy, toady, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, back to the story. Now, aside from being annoying as all hell when they chase your lures in schools in a very Finding Nemo-esque, mine, mine, mine. Can you do that again? Mine, mine, mine. Thank you. I practice a lot. If you're ever unfortunate enough to catch one of these blowies, you can't even eat it because they contain a lethal toxin, tetrodotoxin, in their skin, flesh, and internal organs. In Japan, the properly prepared, non-toxic parts of the blowfish are a delicacy known as fugu. Chefs train for years to distinguish the toxic from the non-toxic parts of the fish. Myself, being less skilled, uh, I've never attempted to eat a blowfish. Or blowy. Thank you, Andy. Anyway, so we were all getting a bit frustrated with only catching blowies, my dad in particular, who is quite an avid fisher. And when I say quite, I mean that in the ironic way, like how an Olympic runner kind of likes running. My dad likes to fish. So he catches his probably 10th blowfish of the day, and he's had enough. He says, hey, Tash. And I turn around, innocent 10-year-old self, right? And the next thing I know, there's something in my hair, like, in my hair. Oh, no. My loving father has thrown a blowfish in my hair. And this poor fish goes, threat, threat, engage defense mechanism. Which, unfortunately for both me and the blowfish, is to suck in air into its elastic stomach and blow itself up to around three times its normal size. Now, in the water, this mechanism serves to create this sort of inedible ball of fish that you wouldn't really want to eat anyway because it's highly toxic. And basically, it forces the predator to leave it alone. But this mechanism, when used to escape the clutches of a 10-year-old's hair, is highly ineffective. Go figure. So I'm screaming my head off as this flapping, wheezing ball of fish is getting itself more and more agitated and getting itself more and more tangled in my hair. And this fish is probably thinking, maybe if I buff myself up more, (laughs) I can get out of this situation. But no. All I could think as this fish is flapping around in my hair was how useless that defense mechanism was at that time. I just thought of all the options, Blowfish. Wait, very good. But how, how did you get free? Well, you know, meanwhile, as I'm struggling here, my dad and my brother are having a grand old time saying, stay still, we need to take a photo. And these fishes that are waiting a little bit further up on the flats are wondering if they need to call the police because I'm screaming bloody murder. And... 
Eventually, the fish was extricated from my hair after the photo shoot of my distress was over. But I think this story really serves to punctuate the point that there are some pretty interesting defense mechanisms out there. But when your father wants to test them out in a less than ideal scenario, they can backfire. (laughs) Which is a great moral for all of our listeners. Cheers, Dad. Like everything else in the 21st century, The Bewildered Podcast is on social media. You can find us on Facebook, just search Bewildered Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter, at BewilderedCast, all one word. We'll be posting links so you can learn more about the animals we discuss in each episode, and you'll also find videos, photos, and a little bit of behind-the-scenes content. So like and follow us and tell us your favourite weird nature story. Okay, so Tash, we just heard how pufflish or blowies, I still don't get you West Australians, blow up and they can have spines and those spines can also inject the venom that's in, inside them so they're toxic. But I'm going to talk about how other animals inject venom. So let me take a guess at this one. Uh, do they use like teeth or fangs? No, no, no. Um, okay, spines? Uh, nope. Barbs? No. Harpoons? Wrong again. Okay, so you're Okay, last one. Spitting. All of these are great suggestions, but no. The animal I want to tell you about is the Iberian ribbed newt. Right. No, no, seriously. These guys are crazy. They can push their ribs out of their body to inject the predators with venom. That's why they're also called the sharped rib newt. (laughs) Wait, what? It does what? Yeah, so the Iberian newt, named because you guessed it, it's found in the Iberian Peninsula in Europe, grows to around 30 centimetres in length and is a grey-green colour and it can produce eject its ribs from its skin. It does this by rotating its ribs forward. Some scientists studied them in 2009, and what they did was they teased the newt with a cotton bud until it took its defensive posture, and then they would x-ray it. (laughs) Can you go back? You tease a newt with a cotton bud? Yeah, because it's dry and it doesn't really hurt the newt too much. Anyway, what they found was amazing. The joint that connects the ribs to the spine is two-headed, so it allows the ribs to spring forward up to 50 degrees and starts to protrude from the skin. And the defensive strategy doesn't stop there. When in this defensive posture, the newt will start secreting toxins from its skin. These toxins will coat the protruding ribs and be injected to any predator harassing or attacking the newts, giving them a bit of a sting. So has this got any specific holes for these ribs to poke through? Is it like a ripping the skin? Is it like any like tubular holes? No, no, surprisingly no. Uh, The researchers didn't find any permanent holes in the skin. So that meant the newts were piercing new skin each time. But it doesn't seem to hurt them too much. Amphibians, the family that newts are part of, are pretty good at repairing their skin. In this case, the ribs are coated in collagen before they protrude from the skin. So when they're retracted, the collagen helps the skin heal faster. And they have a pretty strong immune system, so they don't get infected. So what you're trying to say is that they're like Wolverine? Well, I mean, it's bone, so it's more like marrow. You know, the woman from the X-Men comics who can push the bones out of her back and use them as awesome weapons? Andy, Andy, just give me this one. Come on, say it's Wolverine. <laughs> Fine, it's, it's like Wolverine. Stupid Hugh Jackman. This next animal's defense mechanism is about as extreme a way of keeping predators at bay as you can imagine. In fact, it's downright creepy. 
This mechanism belongs to a genus of lizards called horned lizards that live in the deserts of North and South America. They have a whole range of potential predators, from hawks to roadrunners, snakes, foxes, bobcats, and even this carnivorous grasshopper mouse. Wait, wait, grasshopper mouse? Explain. It's like this tiny 12-centimetre cat-wolf-wannabe mouse thing. It feeds on insects and scorpions and other rodents and even snakes, but it's immune okay, to their okay. venom. Okay, no, Tash, I think this is sounding really cool and it probably would be great for another episode, but we should probably get back to the, s- the lizard that you were talking about. Okay, okay. But seriously, they're awesome. So, this, this horn lizard, right? Um, for your average predator, it will freeze in place. It'll puff out its body to present its spiny body armour and it'll hiss at whatever's trying to eat it. But they reserve one defence mechanism, only for wolves and coyotes. See, there are around 17 species of horned lizards that can shoot a stream of blood from their eyes that can travel up to two metres in what's called auto-hemorrhaging. So they have like water pistols of blood coming out of their eyes? Yeah, kid you not, that's exactly it. So these horny lizards, they pull this blood in a pouch that's below their eye, and they build up enough pressure to shoot the blood from their eyes. And they've got great aim too. So they're trying to get the blood into the mouth of the coyote or the wolf because there are compounds in their blood that appear to taste really bad to these predators. So coyotes that are unlucky enough to taste the blood have been found to like shake their heads and salivate profusely, trying to clear the substance from their mouths. Meanwhile, old mate horny lizard escapes and has like blood pouring from its eyes. So it probably looks so badass that nothing will touch it for a while. Is that a scientific conclusion, Tash? They just look badass? Yeah, no, badassery is totally very intimidating. It's been proven, like randomised, standardised studies and big sample <laughs> sizes, small error bars, that kind of thing. <laughs> The Bewildered Podcast is co-written and produced by Andy and myself, Tash. If you'd like to know more about any of the topics we've discussed this episode, please follow us on Twitter and Facebook, where you'll find much more content. Don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe to us in your podcasting app of choice. Also, feel free to leave us a rating as it really helps other people to find us. Our music is by Poddington Bear and thank you for listening. talk about another animal that injects venom and i want you to have a guess at how it does it uh fangs nope spines wrong oh
Barbs. Negatory. Harpoons. Nope. Licking things. L- licking to... No, not Laying that. Laying on the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> no. Standing no. in the open. <laughs> Think more like getting it into the other animal. Being caressed by a gentle breeze. <laughs> Long walks on the beach. It's getting really late. (laughs) Stupid Hugh Jackman.